month unfolds. And um, I, as I think about prayer, I'm actually really encouraged um, by the appetite to pray that I see amongst us as a community. Um, I'm, I'm aware of lots of people amongst us as a community reaching out all the time saying, please pray for me in this or that, or whatever it is, and lots of people responding very quickly, saying, yes, I'm praying even right now. And um, it's exciting to know that we belong to a community that, that has that kind of dependency on God and wants to reach out to him prayerfully. And I was talking to Mel before the meeting, <coughs> and, um, and just uh, between uh, now and the worship, and uh, she's asked me to share uh, some of her testimony, uh, how God has been answering prayers in, in her life. And uh, many of us would know Mel and know that she admirably uh, fights through um, a number of health challenges and some mental health challenges as well that she's um, uh, been happy for me to share about. And, uh, but this week she's even been praying uh, amongst our, our life group and, uh, and God has been answering prayers for her and uh, she has had uh, breakthroughs um, physically and breakthroughs with her mental health as well and she's, uh, she was telling me how she's been able to even be repotting some plants uh, which might not sound like a big thing, but actually for her, that has been a massive answer to prayer uh, that God has done. And uh, it's interesting, actually, that um, even in the midst of these wonderful answers to prayer, that um, unfortunately, Mel had an accident and um, hurt her hand and fra fractured, dislocated a finger and fractured part of um, a finger. So that's been a challenge. But um, I was so encouraged when Mel came to me this morning and said, God's been answering prayers. And um, would it be okay to... to tell the church and to encourage the church. And I thought, well, I'm preaching on prayer and I, <laughs> you can do it. And she said, oh, would you mind sharing it on my behalf? So thank you, Mel, for, for that. And uh, we praise God, don't we, for answers to prayer. And um, <clears throat> we know that um, uh, sometimes in life it's an ongoing uh, battle to keep pushing through. And, and, you know, we have a breakthrough, then answers to prayer, then we have a setback, a broken finger, but we keep pressing on and we keep trusting God and he matures us in him as we go and, and, we, um, and, and, and we grow in our understanding of him <clears throat> and we grow in our intimacy with him and we have stories that convince us that God is real and that God is with us. Um, so let's, let's pray now and commit this time to God and then we'll get started. Father, I thank you so much for answers to prayer. Lord, we thank you for Mel. We thank you for uh, what you're doing in her life. We pray that you continue to bless her. And we pray for her hand, Lord, that you would um, continue to bring healing there. And Lord, I, we just want to commit this time now into your hands. And we want to ask you, Father, that you would instruct us. You'd open our ears to hear what you want to say to us, Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray that you'd help me to be clear and succinct and helpful in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, <clears throat> what I'm aiming to do this morning is to really um, get on to that wave that I know is happening amongst us of prayer. And I'm hoping that I'll be able to just throw some logs of faith on the fire that's already going. Um, so that's, that's what I'm aiming to do this morning. So to get started, let's, um, let's, let's consider the question, what is prayer? And as I've been preparing for this morning, I've been um, referencing a book by J.I. Packer, who you may or may not have heard of. 
He's a theologian. He wrote a book called Concise Theology, which is exactly what it says on the tin. Uh, every chapter is a theological topic, and every chapter is like two or three pages. So it's really helpful um, just to kind of get your head around things. And uh, this is how he describes prayer. It might come up on the screen. God made us and has redeemed us for fellowship with himself. And that is what prayer is. God speaks to us in and through the contents of the Bible, which the Holy Spirit opens up and applies to us and enables us to understand. And then we speak to God about himself, ourselves, and people in his world, shaping what we say as a response to what he has said. And this unique form of two-way conversation continues as long as life lasts. And what I like about this description is the emphasis on our relationship with God and the scope and the duration of that relationship and that prayerful dialogue. It involves everything all the time. And that's, that's how we should think about our prayer lives. <clears throat> so um, what I was also thinking was, well, when and where do we pray? This is just kind of setting a few kind of foundations before we get into the meat. Um, so, well, we can pray on our own. We remember, I'm sure, in Matthew 6, Jesus says, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who's unseen, and then your Father who sees what's done in secret will reward you. So we can pray on our own. We can pray in company with each other. When the early church was getting started, we read it through the book of Acts, and in chapter 1 we read, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Then we also should be praying all the time. So there's a number of scriptures here that um, uh, just tell us that. So Luke 18, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Ephesians 6, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always, pray continually, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. In Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So we can pray on our own, we can pray together, and we're supposed to be praying all the time. And it's a dialogue with God that takes us deeper into our relationship with him. Well, what are the things that we should be praying? Well, in the, the um, Concise Theology book that I referred to, um, Packer talks about four different types of prayer, and I want to just have a look at each one of those in a little bit more detail. So he talks about adoration, he talks about confession, he talks about thanksgiving and petition. These are just different modes, if you like, or styles of prayer. And you can see them in the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples said to Jesus, teach us to pray, his response was the Lord's Prayer. So if we just think about that for a moment. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. <clears throat> That's adoration. Hallowed be your name, God. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. It's petition. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. It's confession. So let's have a look um, at each of those in a little bit more detail um, through the Psalms. I've, I've got some, some wonderful examples that I uh, felt God's kind of taken me to. So adoration and praise. Psalm 145. I'm just going to read. It won't come up on the screen, so just listen to me. I'm just going to read a few, <coughs> excuse me, a few verses from the Psalm. I will exalt you. My God, the King, 
I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he's made. All your works will praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him. These verses kind of talk about a daily practice of focusing our hearts and minds on who God is and what he's done and expressing our appreciation for him and our love for him. And what we find is that as we express that appreciation and devotion to him, our enjoyment of him is, fulfilled, is, is kind of heightened and elevated, and it's, it's kind of, um, uh, it increases, and our satisfaction in that increases all the more. So confession of sin... Um, I felt God remind me of Psalm 51, which I'm sure you remember is uh, David's psalm after he sinned greatly. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions. My sin's always before me. Against you and only you I have sinned and done what's evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Cleanse me and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. We all know times, don't we, where we need to come humbly to God and repent of our sin and confess our sin before him. And it speaks of a sober and honest acknowledgement of our failures before him and a desire to ask him to cleanse us and purify us and put a right heart within us. And the wonderful thing is that as we come to God and we confess our sins, we know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us. And we know that he draws us in and wraps us up in his arms of love. And we can receive forgiveness because Jesus died for us. So thanksgiving, Psalm 136. As you read through the the, um, book of Psalms, uh, there's a phrase actually that often comes through uh, in, in Psalms of Thanksgiving, and the phrase is, his love endures forever. And we sang that this morning. And um, uh, I, think it's, I, I think the reason that it comes through is it's because of the enduring love of God. That, that's the thing that underpins everything that we have to be thankful for. Why, why, why can we be thankful for Jesus? Because of the enduring love of God that gave Jesus for us. Any blessing that we might enjoy in our life and we might want to give thanks to God for, why have we got it? Because of his love that he uh, poured out to us and he chose to bless us. So whether it's forgiveness of sin or adoption of sons and daughters or being filled with the Spirit or uh, provision for need or whatever it is, it's his enduring love that underpins um, what we've received. 
So I want to read, there's one psalm, Psalm 136, that you probably know. Um, Every verse is two lines, and the second line of every verse is, His love endures forever. So I just want to read the first few verses, and maybe you can kind of help me with it. Um, let's, Let's just enjoy it together. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, his love endures to ever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. who made the great lights, his love endures forever. the sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. the moon and the stars to govern the light. Isn't it wonderful? And so it goes on, verse after verse after verse, like that, just a constant reminder that his love endures forever. We have so much to be grateful for. What about petitionary prayer? So here I'm just giving you examples, right, from the Lord's Prayer and from Psalms of all these different styles of prayers. And the Bible's there to teach us how to pray. Um, So petitionary prayer, Psalm 86, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call on you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I'm in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. You get that sense of just a heart crying out to God, saying, God, I need you. Would you provide for me? Would you teach me how to go? So we can ask God, um, we ask God to hear our prayer. We ask God to make provision for specific needs. We ask God to teach us his ways to increase our devotion to him. All of these things are petitionary prayer. We can ask him for much more besides as well. And um, actually, I'd really like to dig in a bit more to petitionary prayer because it's the dimension of prayer that is uh, most constantly highlighted in the Bible. And um, so I found, again in Packer's book, there's a sentence in there that kind of talks about it kind of describes petitionary prayer. and I love the sentence, and I want to take a moment just to unpack it a little bit. So it says, the petitionary prayer is when the persons praying humbly acknowledge their need and express themselves as trustfully depending on God to meet it out of his sovereign resources of wisdom and goodness. Isn't that a great description of what it means to petition God? The persons humbly acknowledge their need. It's like saying, God, I feel stuck. I feel alone. I've got myself in a messy situation. I don't know what to do. I'm worried about something, or I'm worried about someone, or I'm struggling with something. It's like humbly acknowledging their need. And the humble part is saying, I, I, I know that I don't have the answer. I, I can't fix it. I need you. And so we express ourselves as trustfully depending upon God, saying, I haven't got a plan to fix this situation. I need your help, God. 
And we're trusting God to meet whatever that need is out of his sovereign resources of wisdom and goodness. It's like saying, God, I know that you've got unlimited power and resources and there's no limit to what you can do. But I also know that you know and see and understand all things. And and I don't. There's lots that I don't know. There's lots I don't see. There's lots I don't understand. But I know that you have my best interests at heart. And I know that my best interests are that I become more like Jesus. And so I'm going to keep trusting you, God, that uh, you would, if you want to take me through challenges, it's because you want to teach me something. It's because you want to make me more like Jesus. And so I love this definition, this description of what it means to petition God to humbly acknowledge our need and express ourselves as trusting God to meet it out of his wisdom and his goodness and his endless resources. Isn't that wonderful? Let's look at some examples. <coughs> if, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. <coughs> Ephesians 6. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, <coughs> be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, this is the Apostle Paul writing, that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I may fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So here we're encouraged to keep praying all the time about all things. Pray about everything. And that's what we should be doing. We're bringing everything to God all the time in prayer. But why do you think Paul twice says, pray for me that I may declare the gospel fearlessly? I'd probably suggest because it's because he knows that's what needs to happen, but that's not how he feels. And don't, don't we need to do that often? We need to uh, reach out to God to ask him to help us overcome how we're feeling and, and asking him uh, to bring us through into his blessing. And there's a verse that, um, uh, that offers a promise, actually, about the peace of God coming into our hearts and minds as we trust him and as we pray to him. Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. What a wonderful thing. So we need to keep trusting God to bring us through, to overcome how we're feeling about things. But as we bring everything to him in prayer, he puts peace in our hearts and minds. The last section that I want to have a look at this morning is um, God's own involvement in our prayer life. Um, Let's come back to what Packer said at the beginning, that prayer actually is. So God made us and has redeemed us for fellowship with himself. And that's what prayer is. God speaks to us in and through the contents of the Bible, which the Holy Spirit opens up and applies to us, And he enables us to understand. And then we speak to God about himself, ourselves, and other people, shaping what we say as a response to what he has said. And this unique form of conversation continues as long as life lasts. Well, this fellowship or relationship that we enjoy with God is with both God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he, three in one as he is, 
is involved actively in our prayer life. Let's have a look at this. So we pray to the Father. Jesus' own model for prayer, the Lord's Prayer, starts our Father. And that can present maybe a challenge for those of us who perhaps haven't had the best relationship with our dads. And, uh, but the Bible teaches us that God's paternal love towards us is good and kind and wise and it endures forever. Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to angry and filled with unfailing love. Isn't that wonderful? We pray in the name of Jesus. The book of Hebrews was written to first century Jews, talking about Jesus being the Messiah, the rescuer, the one who came to save them. And in chapter 7, the writer talks about Jesus being our high priest. And in Jewish culture, the high priest would be the one who approached God on behalf of the people. And in verse 25, we read, Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. So if we haven't maybe had the best relationship with our dad, and that affects our prayer life, or maybe uh, you know, we might not even be, uh, describe ourselves as being a believer, the way through is through Jesus, our high priest, our mediator, the one who is in heaven, the one who came from heaven to die on the cross, that we can be reconciled to God, that we can come to God through trusting in that death on the cross. And for those of us who are believers, we know that Jesus now is seated in heaven. After he died on the cross, he rose to heaven and he sat down. It's finished. He sat down at the right hand of God. And now this verse tells us he ever lives to intercede for us. So right now, Jesus is in heaven praying for you and praying for me. And while Jesus was walking the earth, we also have some wonderful promises in Scripture about prayer in his name. And I want to remind you of some of them because we're going to come back to them in a minute. John 14, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. How amazing is that? Chapter 15, the next chapter. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is Jesus speaking. The very next chapter, John 16. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. In that day, you will no longer ask me for anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name, but ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. That's three times the words of Jesus. What an amazing promise. What an amazing promise. Now some prosperity teachers may have taken that too far and said it's a formula all you have to do is say in the name of Jesus at the end and you ask for a million bucks and it's yours and we know that doesn't happen and we know often that when we pray too sometimes 
We face the challenges of unanswered prayer. Sometimes we have setbacks after we've prayed. And these are real challenges. But we have to stand on the words of Jesus, don't we? We have to stand on the Bible. And that's where faith comes in. That we choose to trust in him. And we choose to believe him. And we choose to fight through. And keep pressing through. And sometimes prayer is a real battle. Um, But Jesus calls us. And that's why there are verses like I've been reading. Always keep on praying. Don't give up. And, And that's what we have to do. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, I think it's actually about praying in line with the will of God. And so how do we know the will of God? Well, I think that's where the help of the Holy Spirit comes in. And he's actively involved in our prayer life too. So Romans chapter 8. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So God is actively involved in our prayer life. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus who is also continually praying for us And we pray with the help of the Holy Spirit. So yes, prayer is a battle. But how wonderful it is that God is so fully involved in our prayer lives. And no wonder Packer describes prayer as fellowship with him. As fellowship with God. In a moment we're going to um, just break into twos and threes and take a bit of time. We've got some time I think um, to pray together. But before we do, I just want to um, conclude by reading the final paragraph of Packer's chapter on prayer from his book. It says, Christians who pray to God sincerely, with reverence and humility, with a sense of privilege and a pure, i.e. purified and penitent heart, will find, themselves, will find in themselves a spirit-given filial instinct, we'll come back to that, prompting prayer, prompting prayer to and trust in their heavenly father and a desire to pray that outruns their uncertainty as to what thoughts they should express. The reality of the Holy Spirit's help in prayer becomes known only to those who actually pray. So what's Packer saying here? He's saying in the filial instinct, what he's saying is as when we're believers, we have a natural instinct as sons and daughters of God to reach out to our heavenly Father in prayer and to trust him in prayer. It's an, it, it feels natural to us. It feels normal to us. It feels like, Dad, I need your help. Isn't, isn't that the natural thing that, that we do with our dads? My son often comes to me and says, Dad, I need your help. I've got to get my invoices out or whatever it is. <laughs> But as children of God, that's our natural instinct. We're facing a challenge. Dad, I need you to help me. And the wonderful reality is that when we do that, when we actually pray, we've got so many promises that we can actually experience. And the reality of the help of the Holy Spirit in guiding us in our prayer life becomes evident and experienced and and is a wonderful joy. 
And often we have the wonderful joy, like I shared at the beginning, of, of um, seeing God respond to our prayers. Even if there's still more work to do, even if maybe setbacks come a few days later, we still know that God has answered and is, is taking us on further. So friends, as I said earlier, I feel so encouraged because I know that so many of us are continually reaching out for prayer and saying, please pray for this, please pray for that. And so many of us are responding and saying, yep, I'm praying right now. So let's keep going. That's what I wanted to do this morning, throw some logs of faith on the, on the fire. I hope I've given you some content that kind of encourages you, wonderful scriptural co- content, encourages us to keep going. His word and his promises are sure, and his faithfulness to help and to guide is real, and his love endures forever. Amen?